Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Months now, I've been warning you about David DeCastro. I've been telling you again and again and again something was off. There was a really good chance that he wasn't going to play for the Steelers in 2021. And then yesterday, it still dropped. Like a bomb. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The official notice came from the Steelers explaining simply that the team had released DeCastro. It wasn't going to be accompanied by all kinds of explanations uh, from one perspective or the other. But it couldn't be clearer now, especially, what happened. DeCastro wasn't going to be his best self this coming season. There can't be any doubt about that. DeCastro had somehow made it clear to management, most likely on that one day that he attended minicamp at Heinz Field just a few days ago, that this would be the case. Not threatening them, not saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to show up and, and stink this year. Not anything unprofessional, but just relaying to them some of the things that he'd been relaying to others along the way. Like the remark that he made, a telling one now, especially in hindsight, following a game last year at Heinz Field where he was talking about there being no fans and how awkward the whole thing was. And the exact quote was, what are we even doing here? That's... That's the kind of thing that if, if you know Dave, and I'd like to think that I've gotten to know him over the decade that he was in Pittsburgh and talking to him as much or more than any other player in that room in the years that he was here. If you know that about him, you know that he's the introspective type. He's the type to take a sentiment like that seriously and not to express it willy-nilly or to just get a reaction. 
It's a pretty serious dude. And that was one of countless red flags that went up along the way. But there was also more to it. De Castro was going to have to be, by necessity, the leader of this offensive line in 2021. And I'm here to tell you he's not that guy. He's not that guy. He believed in the guys who were around him. He viewed them as not just teammates, not just friends, but as brothers. That's how he behaved. Those were the guys that went into those games in Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati and had to battle tooth and nail together and have each other's backs. And he's just not the type to flip the switch and say, oh, it's perfectly normal that Zach Banner is the most vocal of all the offensive linemen right now because Zach Banner has made one whole start in the NFL. He wasn't going to be that guy, but he also wasn't going to be the guy to say something about it or do something about it. He wasn't going to be the leader of this group. I'm not saying this as any form of criticism. Not everyone's wired that way. And Dave most definitely isn't. I had concerns about his performance, expressed those. And I tried to keep that respectful too, absorbing the context of his full career. But it's inescapable that he wasn't getting the run blocks off that he had in the past. The Steelers' offensive line as a whole wasn't getting those off. He wasn't an exception. There didn't appear to be that same fire that same fury that we'd seen from him whenever he would get really, really, really fired up. And Fontes Perfect knows all of what I'm talking about. This, this is a loss for the Steelers, and I'm not going to portray it as anything but. Certainly not while the Steelers still haven't had the opportunity to address the vacancy. There's now $8-plus plus million in cap space that's freed up. And that theoretically could address not only right guard, but also contribute, at least, to other vital needs, such as a third edge rusher, a third safety, maybe some help at corner. But for right now, right now, this... This, this is a loss. The, the optimal outcome here, and let's not pretend otherwise, was that Dave was going to come back and be super motivated and be that Pro Bowl performer and say, you know what, this might be my last year. It is the last year of my contract, and I'm just going to go out there and just let it all fly, and I'm going to be a member of the Steelers' Ring of Honor, Hall of Fame maybe be in the running for even greater recognition. This is going to be about my legacy, and I'm going to go. That's not Dave. That's not Dave. That's that's. He liked getting recognized. He appreciated it, but he wasn't the type that was going to go seek it out, and he wasn't 
absolutely going to be the type to go and play football if his heart wasn't all the way in it. Now, listen, maybe sometime between now and when the ball flies, things will change. We've seen that with countless other athletes in other sports and everywhere where they just say, you know what, I mean, we're getting close to football time, and let's say, oh, Baltimore calls, and they say, you know what, we have your best buddy Alejandro Villanueva here, and why don't you come down here and still play in some AFC North football? Maybe that'll happen, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. If the physical issues, and he had both a a chest issue and a knee issue, both of those things were aggravated constantly throughout last season, beginning with training camp. He's not going to be just snapping the finger and say everything's okay. I, I don't believe that for a second. I, I'm, I'm left speechless. And again, take that from someone who saw it coming. I'm still left speechless. The Steelers have a lot of work in front of them. Kevin Colbert's got a lot of work in front of them. And then once Colbert does find whoever it is that he feels is a good fit, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, has a lot of work in front of him. My goodness. They've got Ben Roethlisberger back there at age 39. They've got a first-round running back. And they have no earthly clue how they're going to bring together a now extraordinarily young offensive line. It'll certainly make for a fun training camp. Oh, only it won't be in Latrobe, which we'll tackle right after this. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program, always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garvin, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a real thing, and it's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in our Commonwealth. Learn more about them at LGKG. Today's question comes from Tim, and it's about the NFL and the NFLPA's joint decision to not allow the Steelers to conduct training camp in Latrobe. Tim asks, so now the players stay at home where they and the family members live, will be out and about every day versus being at least somewhat locked down in one spot together. This doesn't make sense to me. Well, Tim, it, it doesn't make sense to me either. 
And unfortunately, there's no formal explanation that came from either the league or the union as to why this happened, although I'd be a lot more suspicious of the union being involved, being that the Roonies, more often than not, are going to get what they want from the league, given their influence. Players, though, that's something different. And it's possible that the union looked at the situation, not so much the dorms at St. Vincent, because every player was going to get his own room, which is unusual, actually unprecedented at St. Vincent. But there wasn't going to be anything anyone could do about the size of the locker rooms, the size of the weight room, uh, both of which are very small by NFL standards. And when you're in the training camp portion of the year, you're operating with 90-plus players and coaches, and it's uh, it's there's no defending this. <laughs> there just isn't. I'm trying to come up with some kind of rationale. There just isn't. And here's why. The NFL and its member teams are going to be either close to fully vaccinated or fully vaccinated by the time this comes around. And I know this not because of the current numbers, in which, by the way, the Steelers rank in the top five or so of all teams for their vaccination rates. But I know this because I've seen the restrictions. They're written in black and white that are going to be assigned to those players who elect not to be vaccinated. And I'm here to tell you that as soon as these players read these restrictions, they're either going to go get vaccinated or they're not going to be part of their respective teams. One of these restrictions, if you want an example, is that you, the unvaccinated player, aren't going to be allowed in the same classroom with the rest of your teammates at your position. Think about this for a second. Like, you're the guy that's walking down a hall. You got your playbook tucked under your arm. You're the only one wearing a mask. And your positional coach is standing there at the door, and he says, uh-uh, not you. You know, kind of like the coach in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer who chases Rudolph away because he can't play in any reindeer games. And you get sent off to some separate area and have to be attending this through a Zoom call. No one's going to do this. No one, no one, no one. And by the way, teams are going to find a way to cut the players who do this. They're not going to announce, hey, we cut him because he wasn't vaccinated. They're going to make up something. So all of these players are going to be vaccinated anyway. Certainly by the time you start reporting to training camp, and in the Steelers' case, to repeat they were already at a very, very high rate in this area. So the whole thing just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. Not allowing them to be in Latrobe, as you say, yeah, it's a more controlled setting. It's also a more controlled setting day and night. But the decision happened. There's a... Uh, there's no appeal of it, and the Steelers don't plan to fight it, so you're going to see camp split between Hinesfield and the south side, and it's an L. 
it's an L for the team. It is. Uh, anyone will tell you who's been up there, meaning not Eric Ebron, who put on Twitter some clapping motion like he was happy about it. Like, this guy hasn't been a Steeler anywhere near long enough or anywhere near well enough to be commenting on stuff like that. People who are and have been Steelers for any sustained period of time will all tell you that there's great value in being up there. But not this year. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And we'll be back and do another one of these on Monday. Mm-hmm.